This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. Taiwan is accusing Nicaragua of breaking international law by seizing its former embassy and diplomatic offices and giving them to China. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs has condemned the move, describing it as unlawful and unacceptable. The government of Daniel Ortega broke ties with Taiwan early this month and recognized China. Bing Wang reports. Breaking international protocol for the severing of ties, the Nicaraguan government only gave Taiwan two weeks to exit instead of the customary one month. Before leaving Nicaragua, Taiwanese officials facilitated a symbolic $1 sale of all its assets, including the embassy building, to the Catholic Church of Nicaragua. But hours after the transfer, the Ortega government seized all assets from the Catholic Church that were donated by Taiwan, saying in a statement that under the One China framework, all assets shall be directly transferred to Beijing. For seizing its assets, Taiwan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs lodged a complaint citing Article 45 of the Vienna Convention on Diplomatic Relations, which states that if diplomatic ties are broken, both sides must protect the premises and agree on custody. Nicaragua abruptly broke off its 55-year diplomatic relationship earlier this month. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu tweeted that Taiwan sold the embassy to the church as a charitable act to the goodwill of the people. Nicaragua seizing the property and gifting it to China is unlawful. Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen accused Ortega and Beijing working in conjunction against Taiwan. Authoritarian regimes intrusion to our way of life and institutions has intensified. But this trend has also served as an important wake-up call for democracies. Although extraordinary challenges remain and will probably stay with us for quite a while, democracies have also been working together to safeguard the values and institutions that we treasure. Our alliances are also being rekindled to serve the interests of the international community. There is precedent for selling to a third party after breaking ties. When Taiwan and the U.S. severed relations, Taiwan sold the embassy in the United States, called the Twin Oaks, to the Friends of Free China Association for $20. The passing of the 1979 Taiwan Relations Act allowed representative offices in the U.S. The Twin Oaks was then purchased back for $2 million U.S. dollars. For now, the Taiwanese government has called on the international community to condemn this move so the properties could be legally returned to the Catholic Church. Chris Ma and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus. Taiwan has welcomed a new U.S. Defense Spending Act, which includes help for the country to improve its defense and could pave the way for an invite to the Rim of the Pacific Exercise, also known as RIMPAC. U.S. President Joe Biden signed the National Defense Authorization Act for 2022 on Monday, authorizing $770 billion U.S. billion in funding for defense. The bill asks Washington to continue supporting the development of Taiwan's self-defense capabilities including practical training and military exercises. Taiwan's foreign ministry says it's a sign the U.S.'s ongoing commitment to Taiwan. 
Taiwan has launched its digital COVID-19 certificate, allowing anyone who holds it to travel easily to more than 60 countries. The certificates won't be needed inside Taiwan, but the government has left the door open for possible future use domestically. Sandy Chi has the details. To make traveling more convenient, Taiwan nationals and legal residents are now able to obtain a digital COVID-19 certificate. There's one certificate for vaccination status and another for PCR test result. Both can be downloaded from the government website and directly saved to a phone or computer. It takes about 36 hours for the information to be uploaded from hospitals to the system. However, only COVID-19 vaccines approved by the European Medicines Agency and tests administered in Taiwan are part of the certificate. The vaccines include Moderna, BioNTech-Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Janssen and Sinovac. Taiwan's homegrown medicine vaccine is not on the list. Those holding Taiwan certificates can use them when traveling to the 60 countries in the European Union certificate system, as well as to the United States. According to the Central Epidemic Command Center, although the certificates will not be used domestically for the time being, they could be in the future, and the homegrown medicine vaccine will be included on the list. Also, Taiwan has pledged to donate 150,000 of the domestically produced vaccine to Somaliland. While Taiwan looks to assist other countries and make travel abroad easier for its citizens, Omicron continues to run rampant across the globe. In China, authorities have launched rounds of mass testing in Xi'an, quarantining nearly 30,000 people and locking down the city's 13 million residents. The lockdown, which was implemented last week, has tightened COVID-19 controls to be the strictest level in an effort to control the country's worst outbreak in 21 months. In contrast, U.S. authorities announced the quarantine time will be cut down from 10 days to 5, with an additional 5 days of mask wearing for those who test positive for COVID-19, but are asystematic. This in an effort to help with staffing shortages across the country. Isolation time for those exposed to the virus has also been reduced. As Omicron spreads, officials say they want to keep the society functioning while still being guided by science. Klein Wong and Sandy Chi for Taiwan Plus. Semicon, one of Asia's largest semiconductor exhibitions, gets underway today. Our reporter, James Chater, is at the event, which cements Taiwan's position at the center of the global semiconductor industry. I'm here at Taipei's Nangang Exhibition Center for the first day of Semicon, a highlight in the calendar of the global semiconductor industry. Over 650 companies are here, spread across some 2,000 stalls, and they're all here to show off their cutting-edge technology, share expertise, and most importantly, make deals. This year's event takes place with interest in the industry at its highest in history. The COVID-19 pandemic and the ongoing supply chain crunch that ensued has brought Taiwan's linchpin position in global chip production into even sharper focus. Taiwanese companies generate as much as 65% of global revenues from chip manufacturing, with the semiconductor industry alone accounting for around 15% of Taiwan's GDP. One company, TSMC, accounts for around a third of the total value of Taipei's stock exchange. A focus of industry experts at this year's event, including the talk going on behind me, is compound semiconductors, widely viewed as the next generation of the technology. Unlike regular semiconductors, which just use one element like silicon, compound semiconductors use two and are therefore able to operate at faster speeds. Developers say this technology will drive the next round of advancements in everything from 5G to robotics. 
Now, Monday was a snow day for many people in Taiwan as they took time off to see the biggest snowfall of winter. Excited families traveled to Hehuan Mountain in Taroko Gorge National Park to make snowmen take pictures and even create a birthday cake out of snow. The area recorded as much as six centimeters. The rare sight for Taiwan comes as a cold front lingered over the country, with the year's lowest temperature registered on the island's highest peak of Jade Mountain, reaching minus 2.8 degrees Celsius. As we wrap up our year, we're taking you on a trip around Taiwan with some of our favorite reports. When we launched four months ago, our reporters hit the ground running, traversing the nation in search of great stories. Here's Andrew Ryan with a look at On the Road. We start our journey in Taipei, where there are people living in the shadow of a volcano. Next, we head to Jai, where we captured footage of a newly outfitted fighter jet in action. And then it's off to Kaohsiung for the launch of a strange new landmark dedicated to music. We're going to fly to the outlying islands of Penghu for a beach cleanup like no other. And then a visit to the rice fields of Taidong for a breathtaking modern dance performance by Cloudgate Dance Theater. And finally, our journey concludes in Hualien, where indigenous kids are learning baseball tricks from their heroes. We begin today right here in our backyard, Taipei. Some residents in the northern part of the city got a shock this year when they found out that the magma chamber in the volcanoes right behind their homes is bigger and closer to the surface than previously thought. Rick Glauert went to Beito to find out how they're responding to the new threat. A popular tourist destination, Beito is famous for its Japanese heritage, its mountains and hiking trails, but is especially known for its hot springs and thermal baths. The Datun Volcano Group, just 10 kilometers from the city center, is home to fumaroles, sulfur pits, and other geothermal activity, but was long believed to be dormant. But in 2019, the government reclassified the volcano group as active. Scientists at the Taiwan Volcano Observatory revealed the volcano's magma chamber is just 8 kilometers below the surface, much closer than was previously thought. Researcher Yajun Lai and her team have recently stepped up efforts to monitor the area. They record seismic activity, measure fumarole temperatures, and test the gases emitted by the volcano as they try to predict when and where they might erupt. That was Bing Wang ending um, a special report hosted by Andrew Ryan. Remember to download the Taiwan Plus app and stay tuned all this week as we celebrate some of our favorite moments of 2021. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. For more stories from around the world, please check out Taiwan Plus website. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com. Yeah.